This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Wurundjeri Land, and this is The Full Story. It started with complaints of dust clouds around a gold mine. Then residents began finding high levels of heavy metals in their drinking water and later in their blood. Now, New South Wales' environmental watchdog is investigating Newcrest's Cadia gold mine near Orange after years of lobbying from the local community. Today, what's contaminating the water near the Cadia mine? It's Thursday, the 1st of June. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. So, Millthorpe, I grew up in Millthorpe. I think most people would know Orange, so it's in central west New South Wales. Millthorpe's just about half an hour from Orange. It's three and a half hours from Sydney. Fleur Connick is a reporter for Guardian Australia. My family um, moved there from Canamble when I was nine. I often go back there all the time because my family still live there. And, and this is an area, I mean, it's a beautiful area. And people go here for clean air, clean water, clean soil, clean production and a healthy lifestyle. So I don't live there anymore, but there's a scientist I know, Dr Ian Wright. That's good. I can hear Fleur a little bit better. Who I talk to quite frequently. Ian Wright, an academic at Western Sydney University. I study water. I love water in all forms. And he was telling me about something he had found there when he was visiting the region about a year ago. My group at Western Sydney Uni are studying the platypus, which I think are the most awesome creatures on earth. Ian was telling me that he was out there in the region and he was studying the platypus at the time. The Labula River, which drains through this area, has one of the you know, last Western flowing river viable populations. So while he was out there, um, I think it was one landowner in particular he was talking to when he was out on his property. And just just made an offhand comment. Be very careful what you say in offhand comments. <laughs> Someone told him they were concerned about the rainwater and that it might be contaminated. You, you've got dust from the mine. It's a metal mine. I'm looking at your roof. And they suspected it could be due to the presence of the nearby Cadia gold mine, which is one of the largest in the world. You drink the water from that, do you? Yes. What's in there? And that started this. Basically, from that conversation, he started talking to more and more people and listening to their concerns. And encouraged them to send me water samples. And the results were really confronting. And it was like 
it was like a snowball rolling down the hill. Our concerns grew and grew and grew, and the story kept getting bigger and more complex. And from my point of view, it also got quite scary. So, Fleur, what did Ian end up finding out from these water samples? Yeah, so actually since then there have been five rounds of water testing um, in the past year and he continued to work with the Cadia Community Sustainability Network, the group of concerned residents, um, which led to the most recent water testing results. This contained 47 samples, which were all from residents who lived within the 15-kilometre radius around the gold mine. 68% exceeded the Australian drinking water guidelines for health in regards to lead, but 27% recorded lead concentrations that exceeded the lead guidelines by more than 10 times. Lead, once it gets into our body, we can't excrete it and it does affect our brain performance for life. And particularly for young children and the developing brain, it can have a huge impact. Apart from lead, these water testing results um, also contain high levels of heavy metals such as arsenic, nickel, cadmium, selenium, mercury and copper. I, I went on some Zoom calls with some of the community and I saw vision of their reaction when I said I wouldn't be drinking this water and then found out they've got children. Part of me wants to run 100 miles an hour the other way, but I actually feel you can't walk past this stuff. So how big an issue is this in this region, having these high levels of heavy metals in in the rainwater? I know it is estimated that a 1,000 people living within 15-kilometre radius of the mine could be affected by the heavy metal dust that's attributed to the mine. And all of these people, how they calculated that was they all rely on rainwater. I've heard stories of how, you know, dust plumes blown from the direction of Newcrest's Cadia gold mine um, would settle in their vegetable gardens, um, their gutters, and as well as inside their homes. So dust just sort of, you know, covering every surface. And this also coincided with the same time that the tailings dam wall at Cadia was breached in 2018. So this means basically that that wall um, sustained considerable damage. It looks like sort of the wall has collapsed if you look at it from a satellite view. And, you know, the tailings dam is a storage facility for all the mining byproducts, such as the heavy metals. So this was a big concern that was raised often by residents because at this time it was during a drought and they were worried it was more likely that those particles would be swept up in the dust and be transported elsewhere. So do we know if the heavy metals that are being found in the rainwater in this region are actually from the Cadia mine? We don't know at this stage, um, but these have been some of the concerns raised by the local residents. Again, there is no evidence to say that the water contamination is caused by Cadia mine, and this is why the EPA has launched its investigation into the mine. The investigation will determine whether there is a link between the mine and water contamination in regards to the heavy metals being found in people's water and blood. So, Fleur, Newcrest is the company that owns the Cadia mine. What has Newcrest said about these results? Initially, they said that the allegations of dust contamination from the mine did not match their own monitoring. But in March, Newcrest conducted its own sampling of water from people's rainwater tanks, um, which was sent to an ASL lab, which provided results back to residents and the company. 
So at this stage, Fleur, the, this group of residents has received testing results that, that show that at least some of the residents' drinking water is being, has been contaminated. So what did they want authorities to do about that? They wanted, basically, they wanted answers. They wanted um, the authorities take action, you know, conduct a broader investigation into, you know, what was going on, why these heavy metals were being found in their water. When news broke, basically, of the water testing results that the community had conducted uh, with the independent laboratory, this sparked New South Wales Health conducting its own, you know, water testing of the residents in that area um, that live within, you know, nearby to the Cadia mine. So I'm aware that one of the community members that was within CCSN, which is Cadia Community Sustainability Network, had said that their group had made 35 attempts to contact the regional office of the New South Wales Environment Protection Authority and that they were really frustrated because, you know, it it took a considerable amount of time before they saw a response from them. And then last week, the EPA announced um, that after receiving reports that people were testing heavy metals in their blood, including children, that they would launch an investigation into Cadium Goldmine and they issued a draft pollution prevention notice to Newcrest. It also announced it would retest the mine's main vent, asking the company for real-time monitoring of air pollution and to identify the source of lead in the sludge at the bottom of people's rainwater tanks that lived within the region. If this mine, if it is proven that there is an association from the dust here and contamination, and I've got to say it's not proven yet, uh, it's anecdotal. I've seen enough data that there that there is substantial concern, but it is not clear because there is a lack of data. Next, Fleur goes to Millthorpe and talks to residents about their concerns. Hey, Laura Mafiotes here, one of the hosts of Full Story. It's Guardian Australia's 10th birthday, and to celebrate, we're hosting a special live recording of Full Story at Vivid Sydney in June. We'll be talking about Australia's natural environment and how to save it. I'll be joined by a panel of special guests, including independent senator for the ACT, David Pocock, Dr Dennis Rose, a Gunachamara traditional owner and conservation expert, national co-convener of the Labor Environment Action Network, Felicity Wade, and Guardian Australia's own environment editor, Adam Morton. The event is in Sydney, and you can buy tickets on the Vivid Sydney website right now. Just search for Full Story. Okay, we really hope to see you there. 
you went out to Millthorpe to meet some of the residents who live near the Katia mine. Tell me about that. Now, I don't have any milk. Oh, I probably do. One of the people I spoke to was Stuart Riles. Did you want a cup oh, of tea or coffee? Um, oh, no, I'm, I'm OK. I'll have just, like, a glass of water. Okay. Or actually... <laughs> you are funny. You know what? I've got a bottle in the car. It's fine. I was just trying to be polite. If you want to have a tea... I went out to his house near Forest Reefs, which is just a short drive um, outside of Millthorpe. Stuart works as a community liaison officer at Knobolis High School in Orange. Uh, I was a teacher, then a head teacher, then the deputy principal um, of the school for, for about 15 years. So when I met Stuart, it was about two months since the news broke about um, heavy metals being found in people's um, drinking water from their rainwater tanks. So Stuart's house, um, it's about, I think it's less than 10 kilometres from the mine. Sitting at the kitchen table, you know, you sort of, there was the windows and you could look out over the valley and the rolling countryside and all the trees, their leaves had gone, you know, shades of autumn at this time of year. He had his veggie garden. Further down the back, there was an orchard. With the golden light. I met yeah. <laughs> his cattle. Come on, boys. Come on. Come on. I've got no hay left, otherwise I'd chuck a biscuit there and they'd be there in a second. Come on. So he talks about how, you know, not only do they rely solely on the rainwater and they sort of produce their own food from the veggie garden and orchard, but also, you know, the livestock that he has on his farm. So very self-sufficient, health-conscious family. Stuart said that people around him in the community had started to talk about the, their concerns with the water quality. Um, some of those people, you know, were finding out on Facebook groups rather than from authorities. Yeah, like I came where in, in March, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so not that long ago. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why I didn't pick up on it. Yeah, I'm not part of those Facebook sites, you know. <laughs> I'm just, you know, just getting on with work and, and farming and... When I was at Stuart's house, he pointed out the window and across the valley to his neighbour's house. Yeah. Well, he's just down there. Which we could see from where we were sitting. Basically, just straight through the other side of that orange, my yeah. orange maple tree yeah. there. Stuart had heard um, that this family had high levels of lead, including other heavy metals, um, that was found in their water and blood test results. So he's a kilometre down there. I'm a kilometre closer to the mine, which yeah. is just over there. Yeah. And so how is he feeling now about this? He, he's really trying to sort of, to not get worked up about it basically at this stage. He's taking it step by step. So when he really started talking about the what ifs, the heavy metals were going to be present in their blood and their water, you could see it in his eyes. And he told me about his concerns for his daughter, Caitlin, um, known as KJ. Caitlin was pregnant while she was living here for the a big part of her pregnancy, and then for four months, um, Acacia lived here as, as a newborn. And talking to Stuart, obviously, his concerns was not just for KJ, but also his granddaughter, Acacia. Down the track, if she has any health problems into the future, you're always going to wonder, aren't you? You're always yeah. going to wonder if it was linked to that time when she lived here at Forest Reefs. Like, no. Mm. Yeah. Hello. Hey, how are you, KJ? I'm good. <laughs> and after I spoke to Stuart, I actually called up his daughter, KJ, and we spoke about this over the phone. When I sat, particularly when I sat down, like it was at the sort of kitchen table with your dad and 
you know, he's, you could see his, you know, his concern and fear. And that just broke my heart watching. Like, you could just see it in his eyes. And It's, it's terrifying. Like, it is terrifying. And especially as, you know, as Dad said, and as he feels, he feels responsible for us. Yeah. So have Stuart and his family officially confirmed whether their rainwater has in fact been contaminated? At this stage, no. In the coming weeks, um, I'm expecting we'll find those results soon. We're actually just not going to know, are we? We're not going to know the full extent of what these long-term effects are. And I guess if we can get that ball rolling with blood tests and with water testing, why not? Let's do it. Let's, you know, let's get it early. So people living around this mine must have a lot of questions, Fleur. Have they been given an opportunity to ask the EPA and health authorities about what they should do about this? Yes, um, they did. So after announcing its investigation into Cadia, the EPA organised a community drop-in session last Tuesday in Millthorpe um, for community members basically to ask those questions. They wanted the answers for, so this was to EPA and New South Wales Health representatives I'm aware that some community members have been in close contact with the EPA, while many others that I spoke to had only found out about the heavy metals in people's blood and water samples um, just early last week. So that meeting was an opportunity for those residents to find out more information, but it was also a private meeting for that community. Although the media were allowed to attend, we could not go inside. Mm. There were mixed reactions from the community about this. Some of the people that I spoke to said they would have felt more comfortable with the media present inside to record their interactions with the officials. So I asked the EPA about this decision and an EPA spokesperson told me that the community drop-in session was an opportunity for concerned residents to have these discussions about sensitive issues with the representatives from New South Wales, EPA and health without them being concerned about appearing in local media. The EPA spokesperson also said that providing a safe and secure space for community drop-in sessions is a normal best practice for community engagement and puts the needs of the community first. Mm. So at the time, the Cadia Mines Acting General Manager said it takes its environmental obligations and concerns from some of the community members seriously. They vowed to work openly with them and the EPA also said that they've started a full human health risk assessment and comprehensive drinking water sampling program. So what are residents who rely on rainwater for their drinking water being told they should do about it while this is being investigated? Yeah, I I remember speaking um, to a couple in particular who that was their main question, you know, going into that meeting was, you know, if they needed to get their rainwater tested and they were told it was that decision was up to them. Um, At this stage, I think, you know, it's a step-by-step process with the investigation ongoing. There's information provided in rainwater guideline booklets, um, but no official advice has sort of been sent out or, you know, told to these community members. What about Stuart? Did he feel like he got the information that he needed from that meeting? Just before, I think it was an hour before the community session started, his friend, who is a local journalist, called him. He was currently out in the paddock with the sheep um, and, yeah, had told him basically about what was going on and he rushed 
straight away to attend the session. So Stuart was given sort of a bundle of booklets. There was a questionnaire sheet um, as well as some rainwater tank guidelines. So it doesn't, I've read that just a little while ago and there's, there is a mention of lead and it's really only referring to tap fittings and lead flashing from the dwelling itself. Mm. There's nothing about wind-borne uh, lead or heavy metals um, oh, in this booklet. But he told me that basically when he was inside he felt rushed um, and he was told there was a big queue, you know, waiting, uh, but when he got outside there was no one there. And then, you know, after that he sort of was telling me basically how bef- before this he was blissfully unaware and, you know, now with this knowledge felt like there had been a major breach of trust. So how long do you think the EPA's investigation could take? I honestly don't know. Um, I hope there will be more answers coming soon, particularly for the people I spoke to. Mm. So since that meeting, the EPA has since issued a final pollution prevention notice to Newcrest, asking for more information about what's being discharged from the mining site. Um, The EPA said they want to see a reduction in dust emissions. It also announced it would consult with the local community on a dust monitoring program, and they're also planning another community drop-in session. But that is still in the planning process at this point in time. So we know that locals have raised concerns about the dust coming from the Cadia mine since 2018. Could health authorities have acted sooner on these complaints? Yeah, so with, from my conversations with, you know, local residents as well as Ian Wright, um, it definitely sounds like this is not a new issue. Community members have brought up their concerns about dust plumes being blown from the direction of the mine. It was, it's back years since 2018. I'm frustrated because that isn't that hard to monitor. So a lot of people have said something should have been done sooner, including scientist Ian Wright. There could be a spatial study done of water tanks and water tanks are a natural accumulative source and it's not that hard to go sample it and map this out. And, you know, this is a big operation and it's also a big, not just the mine, but also the regulation of this is huge. And to me, that should have been done a long, long time ago. But Ian and many people in the community have said that they are grateful for the investigation that is being conducted right now. All right, Tony Fleur, I should have you both now. Hello. Hi, Tony, how are you? Uh, hi, Sue, thanks. <laughs> how about you? I've also spoken to the Executive Officer of the New South Wales EPA, Tony Chappell. I am aware, obviously, that there has been community concern and various complaints made, and I think the EPA has been working since last year with the mine on improving its performance, but none of that's been, I think, um, as, as visible to the community as it should have been. He told me that the EPA has been and will continue to look into the matter. And I think specific questions that were raised by the community, I guess I need to look into that whole um, sequence of events, but I don't doubt that um, uh, the EPA could have uh, done better in how those complaints were managed or handled. And how do the residents feel about relying on this rainwater for their drinking water now as they're waiting for the investigation to finish up? But this makes me think, so maybe I should have my bore water tested. Yeah. One example, you know, from my conversation with Stuart, he had always thought people, his neighbours, who drank bore water, not the rainwater. I always thought they were crazy. (laughs) Like, why would you divert great rainwater? Yeah. 
out onto the paddocks and drink your bore water, you know, when you can, yeah, yeah. why would you do that? Yeah. But now I'm starting to go, you idiot, <laughs> maybe you should have been doing this. So at this stage, I think a lot of those who don't have another option are drinking bottled water. It doesn't change how I see my home. And, and I'm in my home broadly in that Millthorpe, the village, the community. I had a conversation with KJ about, you know, how with this knowledge since the news broke, you know, residents reporting heavy metals in their blood and water, you know, had, had these events basically changed um, her perception of her home and the area that we both grew up in? What it changes for me, no, it doesn't change. It actually reaffirms <laughs> that. You know, I guess uh, the price our communities pay. I feel pretty. I feel pretty angry for our community, really. This has been really helpful, and um, yeah, I appreciate it. It's also lovely chatting to you. So I'll let you. You too, lovely. You too. Thank yeah. You so much. Oh no. Bye. I'll talk to you later. Bye. That was Fleur Connick. She's a reporter for Guardian Australia's Rural Network. You can find all of Fleur's stories about Kadia at theguardian.com, including her recent story with residents who attended the EPA's meeting in Millthorpe. It's called Anxiety Stirs in New South Wales Community as Kadia Mine Investigated Over Heavy Metals in Blood Tests. We'll post a link to that article on the full story page. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthria, myself and Joe Koning, who also did the sound design, mixing and composed our theme music. The executive producer was Hannah Parks. I'm Jane Lee. Catch you next time. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.